Hi, this is Derek Sweet with Stuck in the Middle of Somewhere, and you're listening to the 7-Day Cooldown. We've got a great show for you tonight. Mitch Fryman and I will be sitting down with Joel Gardner of Pure Ownage fame and co-podcaster for Stuck in the Middle of Somewhere, along with comedian Derek Sweet. But first, at the top of the show, we have founder of V-Blank Entertainment and creator of the Retro City Rampage, Mr. Brian Provinciano. Brian, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Brian, we always like to start off with a little softball question around these parts, and... uh, we personally aren't hockey fans, but uh, we recently posed this question to Telltale. Who are you rooting for in the uh, NHL playoffs? Oh, um, you know, actually, we have a, an independent game developer meetup every month, and it's over 100 of us. And often we were having trouble scheduling it, scheduling it because we were trying to arrange it to uh, not conflict with game nights. And then one night uh, we asked everyone, put up your hand if you would not come to the meetup if there was a game on tonight, and only one hand went up. So uh, game developers here in town, although there are a lot of hockey fans, I think that most of us would rather just be working on games. Fair enough. I mean, it does go to show uh, Canadians are not nearly as stereotyped as uh, we make them out to be. No, but I do like the stereotype for being nice. That's uh, that's, oh, that's something we're true. proud of. That's just definitely <laughs> true. By the way, we really like appreciate you so. having you on the show. Oh, thank uh, you. So you're here to talk about Retro City Rampage, and let's get right into it. Uh, tell me a little bit about the game and uh, the genesis of where it's coming from. Well, you can think of it as Grand Theft Auto meets Super Mario Brothers. So you're stealing cars like GTA, and then you're jumping on the uh, driver like Super Mario stomps Goombas and collecting big green coins. So it kind of mashes up everything that you love of GTA in a comedic, kind of a toontown of homages and parodies. And so you're going to go through different areas that kind of remind you of the games you played when you were uh, growing up or whatever age you are from the NES era and whatnot. Um, and you've got power-ups, you've got crazy weapons from like a light gun to a bionic arm and something a lot like a proton pack. So it's a lot of fun and it really is that ultimate game that everyone wants to make that I actually put the time in to make where it was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if there's a game that had this and this and this and this and this? And, uh, so I, I did that. It only took me many, many years. Now I was saying, uh, now the, the, reliable source of wikipedia is giving me the information <laughs> saying that uh that this concept for retro city rampage originally came from a homebrew project uh that you were developing in your same spare time with the development kit for the nes is that uh is that about accurate right so my love for gta and my love for the nes and my programmer love for challenges uh, all kind of came together and back in like I think it was around Christmas of 2002 when I decided that I wanted to develop an NES game and being a huge GTA fan since the original top down ones I had also been wanting to make a GTA style game for a long time and so I figured I'd kill two birds with one stone and so 
I started putting it together an NES uh, version of GTA, and it was actually running on the hardware, so I had built my own dev kit. Um, and it was a lot of fun, and it came quite far. I mean, it, I, I got the project to the point where you had a, a whole open world to explore with pedestrians. You could steal cars, you could use weapons, cops would chase you. There were even a few basic missions with dialogue. So all of the core pillars were there, but battling with the hardware and whatnot, it just wasn't going to be a very fun game. If anyone's played uh, the Game Boy Color Grand Theft Autos, uh, have any of you played them? Uh, I have not actually played no. the uh, the Grand Theft Auto uh, on Game Boy Color. I actually played uh, oh Chinatown Tales for Chinatown uh, Wars, Chinatown yeah. Wars for uh, DS, and and got pretty mm -hmm. far in that. It was it felt pretty true to the feel of GTA. Yeah, it was a good game, um, but the original uh, ports for Game Boy Color were not so great. Um, and so, I mean, they were kind of my blueprint of kind of what I would be going for, but I wanted to step it up and basically correct the things that I felt was wrong with those games. But even still, even correcting some of the problems with them, the reality is that if you're doing an NES game with the memory limitations, with the sprite flickering, for example, if you have uh, more than two cars lined up on screen, then you're going to have sprite flickering, for example. And that's also why the sprite was originally, the character was so small, because there just wasn't enough tile ROM. And so, long story short, uh, the limitations just weren't necessarily going to make the game as fun as I wanted it to be. And in time, I kind of decided if I'm going to put all of this work into this game, because uh, as far as I had gotten with the original uh, project I was working on, Grand Theft Tendo, it was still like, I'm going to say, 1% uh, as packed full of stuff and as far along as Retro City Rampage is. Like, Retro City Rampage takes everything times 100. So um, I've, I realized that if I was going to devote this much time and money and energy into making this 8-bit style Grand Theft Auto game, then clearly I would have to make a fun game to make it something I was proud of. I just I just wasn't as interested anymore with the idea of the technical challenge to say like, wow, look, it's like Grand Theft Auto running it on an NES. Like, that alone isn't enough. I want people to be playing it and saying, wow, this is fun and just becoming addicted to it and, and just getting excited. And that wasn't really going to happen with the NES limitations. Now, it's interesting that you bring up the uh, funding aspect of this. Uh, in this day and age, uh, I know this has been a passion project for you for the last close to 10 years mm -hmm. uh in the, in this day and age every everyone and their brother is getting a kickstarter uh to help with funding can you talk a little bit about your experience with funding and and being in that indie market early before it was cool not to well, be hipster know, I, about it well i definitely wanted to do kickstarter at, at one point but unfortunately you can't do it in canada you have to create an like a u.s amazon account that requires a u.s address and so forth and uh I could have gone through loopholes and a proxy and this and that to make it happen, but I just didn't really feel that I wanted to do that. Now, in hindsight, hey, maybe it probably would have been a good idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's neither here nor there. Um, funding is definitely a big issue because Retro City Rampage, a lot of people might look at a screenshot and think it's simple, but it really is not. Um, it's bigger than GTA Chinatown Wars, the DS game. Um, and it's 
it's it's a huge game with tons going on. The thing is, is like Grand Theft Auto, you're driving from A to B and shooting stuff. In Retro City Rampage, something that I felt really strongly about was mixing more variety into there. So the missions are all over the board, every genre, uh, from your driving and shooting to stealth. Um, there's a cover system. Um, some missions play like 80s coin-op arcade games. One plays like an old uh, 80s LucasArts Sierra adventure game. There are, there are arcade games within there. Um, one that plays like 3D World Runner that sports red and blue 3D glasses. There's a rhythm game based on Bit Trip. There's Explosion Man. Um, so the thing is that this game is just packed full of all this stuff. And um, so despite it looking 8-bit, it's it's really it's a huge game. It's got all the tech under the hood that GTA Chinatown Wars would have, minus the physics, for example. Uh, so that being said, yeah, it's it required a lot of time and, and a significant budget. Um, and so I saved up for many, many years, and I was actually working part-time for uh, many, many years as well, and just killing myself, because I would work a full day at work, sometimes crunch time, and then I'd go home and work sometimes a full shift on this game and my body just couldn't take it after a while and I knew that if it if I really wanted to realize the vision that I had there was no way I was gonna be able to finish it because hey I finally quit my job after years of saving up to um, fund it and uh, it's been three years now it's finally at the finish line um, but it's taken three years of full-time and all those years of part-time so had I stayed part-time there's no way that it would have realized the vision that I, I had. Now, speaking about uh, the timeline of the game, uh, when can we expect to see it coming out? As soon as possible, really. That's that's kind of the thing. The, the problem is I'm a, bo I'm a bottleneck because I'm the guy who's doing programming bug fixing. Um, the... Like, I've done pretty much everything on the project other than the music, sound effects, and uh, and now I've got another artist on board, but originally I had done all the art. So, uh, that being the case, it really is just pushing to get it into certification as soon as possible. And basically everything's in. It's just bug fixing now, and a lot of the bug fixes are, the bugs are cleared, so it's it's in a good spot, but, but it's just hard to predict. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope to get it into certification in uh, a few weeks here, but uh, it's it's hard to predict largely also because of the fact that doing the business side and stuff, a lot of people don't realize. Um, well, a lot of people don't realize just how much work is involved in making a game, period, but uh, the business side as well takes a huge amount of time. Um, and... Just like, for example, the ESRB, submitting your game to the ESRB, that's it. Because it's a violent game, uh, cartoony violent, but violent, you have to declare more. And so I had to fill out a huge form and create a hundred video clips of the game and compile that into a video. And, and then you've got to send that off to the ESRB. And before then, you've actually got to mail the ESRB stuff to register to become a, a registered publisher, blah, 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 blah. And then you've also got to submit that to all of the ratings boards there are a whole bunch in Europe, there, there's Japan, Korea, South Africa, you name it. You have to submit these things to every single ratings board and each of them charges you an arm and a leg. Um, and, and so that's just one example. And so 
you can just see how how much work's involved, and that's why sometimes I'll sit down and I'll end up dealing with thirty emails in a given morning, and it's 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 amazing how much work is on the business side, and so all of that just delays the game because here I'm answering emails when I need to be fixing bugs, but. You know, there's nothing you can really do about that other than, I guess, hire people. <laughs> have, have you thought about bringing on an intern, it seems like? I mean, uh, yeah, or, I really or somebody should've. to handle that administration work. That sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a learning experience seeing how much work is involved. Um, the, the amount of paperwork, the amount of documents I've had to write, spreadsheets, it's just, it's just mind-blowing. And, and, I mean, a lot of it I disagree with. A lot of it I'll say that why am I writing this document when you're not reading it or it seems redundant or whatnot, but there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, sometimes you try and fight, but it just has to, there are just all these requirements for everything and that just have to be done. Can you expand on a little bit about the biggest hurdle that you've had to cross when it comes to dealing with the ESRB? Because this seems really fascinating and a look into a world that even a lot of game creators don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Well, my biggest concern with the ESRB, the ESRB is not not bad. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of work to to put together that video and stuff, but it's not really their fault. It's that's just the way it is. It's it's every game's got to do that, and unfortunately, I have to do that as well as do everything else, and so it it puts a lot on my plate. Uh, the biggest problem I have isn't with the ESRB, but it's just with the whole scattered games ratings because. Um, you know, you hear a lot of things about how certain games not coming out in Australia or this or that, and some Australia, for example, sometimes it's uh, more of the censorship. But uh, the problem is, is that it's expensive. Uh, you have to submit your stuff to all of these separate rating boards, and some of them are slow, and most of them require you to actually physically mail them stuff, including like expensively physically mailing things all across Europe, as opposed to just emailing them. So, uh, so that creates that takes a lot of time, and that's really expensive. And so, if you're a game developer and you're you want to release your game in all these different regions, then you have to submit your game rating application to all these separate regions, and you have to submit often thousands of dollars per region to get your game rated and all of that. And so, as a result, I mean, it's often just not worth the time and money to put it in certain like Australia if your market for your game really isn't that much that big it might not justify paying for the rating and stuff I mean some of these ratings cost for a single region can be up to $4,500 wow that's unbelievable I never even yeah. uh, have heard of any of this yeah uh, and and so so it's just it just yeah so now people know and knowing's half the battle so you realize it's like wow this game I could have, this game could have been done on a budget of, let's say, well, I actually was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I made a quirk because uh, we were talking about sales figures and uh, he mentioned the sales figures of one game and I said, wow, so uh, a quarter of their net revenue went to the Japanese ratings board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a, it sounds a little bit like a racket. I, I... Oh, well, I, the biggest issue is just, and it's never going to change, I don't think, but the reality is that every country has its own separate rules and regulations and what they think is is valid and what they think is not valid and so forth. And 
So there's no way there's ever going to be some unified game rating thing that is just like you submit it to one thing and boom, it's it's done. And so that's the big problem. Um, Retro City Rampage is n- probably not coming out on consoles in Japan because the $4,500 was paid to the Japanese ratings board and then it got a CERO-Z, which is restricted um, because it has violence towards innocent humans, even though the innocent humans are these rainbow, colorful, tiny little pixel things with no blood. Uh, and so had I known that, uh, we could have probably just changed the cutscenes to look like robots and it would have been okay. But it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, well, you know what? I guess if someone in Japan wants the game, they can just buy it off Steam. Because it's just not worth dealing with that. Now, I'm not going to pay another $4,500. Have you had to go through a separate process for Steam? Or has that... Because uh, Steam has different regions, does it not? I mean, I always hear about Australia getting gouged in prices uh, Well, the good Steam. thing is, is that... Uh, um, well, with luckily with PC, you an ESRB rating isn't required for PC digital downloads. Or, or a game rating in general. I did not know that. Yeah. N- learning new things about the indie uh, development scene. Mm-hmm. Leaps and bounds. Uh, getting back to uh, Retro City Rampage uh, specifically, uh, you know, Max Payne is... Uh, Max Payne 3, I don't know if you're aware of the controversy that's come out this week about them no. uh, shooting out the DLC. Uh, you Your ability to pre-order the DLC now... Um, as a games developer, do you kind of incorporate... How, how are you dealing with DLC? Are you even looking at DLC now? Are you uh, envisioning this in your mind? Have you put anything down on paper? Or no, you know, the your... thing is that, first and foremost, people... I hate internet trolls with a passion. And people rage about DLC, and I just didn't want to be involved in that. So <laughs> I'm not uh, planning DLC. Um Secondly, I mean, I've worked so hard on this game for so long to pack it with as much content as possible that I like to think of it as a complete experience. And and thirdly, I've been working on this game for so long, seven days a week for years. It's just, it's been working double shifts every day. It's It's been grueling. And I mean, it's a project of passion. I love this game so much. And I mean, I don't regret a thing, but... I need a vacation, <laughs> so <laughs> I I need to release this game and have nothing burdened over me for a little while. Understandable. So if I promise DLC, then that's just then the game's not done, and I'm still in the prison that I'm in right now. It's interesting that you say it that way. Uh, I was about to ask you what what has been the biggest hurdle to overcome is it just the hours or uh what has it been the coding the artwork what what particular subsection of the game has given you the most trouble no the business has been uh the biggest hurdle um mainly just the time it requires the the problem is business production pr all of that other stuff that's not actually digging into the game and making the game happen uh it's all required um but it uh, it's it's a lot of work, and like I said, often there there were times where I went a month straight working seven days a week, and I barely touched the code, did any programming at all, 
and I was still working on the game full time, seven days a week. It's it's amazing how much time that sucks up. It's to this day I still can't comprehend. Like I still don't even believe it myself, even though I'm going through it. Like if someone told me that and said, "Wow, you can spend a whole month just on business and production," and I would not believe them, and I still don't believe them. But I I've been there, and so it's it's the case. It's just emails add up, forms add up, paperwork adds up. It just all adds up. Going back to uh, the game real quick, uh, speaking about the mashup component of this game, it sounds really mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, I know you were going to get me a, a beta copy, but unfortunately we ran out of time mm -hmm. uh, running up into the show. Uh, but what do you think it makes a great mechanic that you would that when you were picking mechanics because I saw the uh, in your trailer um, you know for example the the water level mm -hmm. from uh, from TMNT from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 90 which was a particular uh, piece of my history that I remember <laughs> the first yeah. time that I threw a controller uh, what what mechanics do you bring in that that you identified immediately and go oh that's something I want to bring into this game well, I, I mean, the, the whole swimming level was a funny thing because I just think I love the absurd, and so something like electric seaweed and coral that eats you—that just to me is ridiculous—and it had to go in. Uh, and of course, we we hated that level. We all hated that level uh, in the original Ninja Turtles, and so I wanted to put it in, but I always put a spin on things, and so it's not. It's not as painful as the original game. You're not gonna lose your turtle and uh, and then have to restart. So, I mean, one of the things that I I did with the game, which is a bit off topic here, but certain missions were, that I'm especially proud of, I do a thing which I've coined the term uh, "making fun from making fun." So, there have been a lot of other parody games before, but a lot of them generally aren't well regarded in the end and um, some of them are thought of as like pandering or they're just not that funny um, so some of the things that I did is car tailing for me is something that I loathe I just think it's not very fun and GTA 4 for example the graphics are better the physics better everything's better but uh, it still has the same mundane car tailing missions that are as boring as they were in the original games and so I wanted to parody that, but I didn't want to just repeat it and say, I'm going to put in a car tailing mission and like point out to the user, hey, isn't this boring? Because that's ridiculous. You don't want to torture the player like that. It's not a funny joke. So I figured out how can I parody car tailing but actually make it fun? And so I made it self-referential where the player was saying, man, this is so boring, I'm going to fall asleep if I don't keep grabbing coffee. And so as you're following the car, you can't lose it and you can't get too close and you can't get too far and you've got to keep getting to the nearest coffee shop and filling up your co your awakeness meter otherwise you're going to fall asleep and so adding that extra layer to juggle uh, turned it into something that was really fun while still making fun of the otherwise boring task and so that's the long story of it but basically trying to parody things without repeating the same mistakes sure uh, yeah. Running down the uh, the list here, uh, going through your your trailer, uh, I saw a little Bionic Commando, uh, some Paperboy, 
what else can we we can can we expect? What homages can we expect to see in Retro City Rampage? It's pretty much an homage to uh, everything that I've thought of. Um, no Transformers homage though, uh, because I wasn't allowed to watch that when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was allowed to watch, and then I bought every single one of them. Well, you know, it's really funny, actually. Um, I wasn't allowed to play Mortal Kombat when I was young, but uh, it was one of the first games I worked on when I got in the industry, so that's kind of funny. But my parents are great. I mean, they I worried them a bit when I was sitting at the computer all that time when I was young. Um, but once I kind of made my mark in the industry, they... They saw the light, and I'm really excited actually because Indie Game the movie is going to be screening uh, tomorrow night, and so my mom's going to come and see it. And I'm really eager for her to to see that and just see because you know what Ed and Tommy and uh, Phil Fish have gone through. I've gone through a lot of the same stuff. Like some of the stuff Team Meat went through that's like described, for example, in their postmortem and stuff. I went through the exact same thing, and it was tough. And so it's nice to kind of see some awareness raised on that now you spoke briefly about the community in uh in canada and you have to forgive me uh are you in ontario i'm in vancouver and vancouver but i uh, will be in ontario next week for the playstation loves canada event and uh that's where retro city rampage is going to be shown on the vita publicly for the first time ever there and you go i think it might also be showing on the they might have it on the ps3 as well for people to play so uh that's going to be very exciting inadvertent pitch for uh for for canada or yeah. uh, playstation in canada um yeah. the question that i was going to that i can't remember now that uh that i'm gonna have to edit in post um was uh the actually i'm gonna start that thread over we'll just edit it out um let's uh let's make some big news um you mentioned before the show that you have big plans for the ps3 and mm -hmm. vita interaction can you go into that real quick yeah, well, you know, you'll definitely be able to save your game on one and continue on the other. And so I'm really excited about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, then there's there's something else, too, related to the two games that I'll announce. Uh, I'll announce soon-ish, but, uh, I mean, I think people can guess what it is, but uh, I can't formally announce that just yet. You, you don't want to give us an, a seven-day cooldown exclusive here? Um, we, we are the ones who broke that, uh, that, that Dota 2 was free-to-play, sorta, so... Yeah. We're, we're well, a big outlet. <laughs> well, I will, uh, I'll just say that the, the PS3 and the and the uh, Vita are best friends forever. And uh, so there's, I'll say consumers who like those, who like the PS3 and, and uh, Vita versions of the game will be very pleased. I think, I think everybody can understand that. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think there's much of a, uh, a thin layer of misunderstanding there. Yeah. And if they so, are, well, you know, once, once I sign the dotted line to finalize certain things, then, uh, then I'll officially announce what's happening. But uh, yeah, people who who like both games are going to be very happy. Just going on to uh, the expansion, uh, or excuse me, one second. Now, Portal 2 made a bit of history for being cross-platform between Steam and PS3, mm -hmm. uh, allowing you to redeem a code if you bought the PS3 version, if I remember correctly. 
Uh, do you think this could be a viable option, or do you think this was a special case scenario? I think it was a special case scenario, but, you know, if they decided to roll that out or something, um, you know, it, I'd be open to it. Because, for example, with with, uh, with Retro City Rampage 1, if you uh, pre-order it from the site, you get a Steam key and you get a DRM-free version. Uh, so you get... So both for one price, and uh, if there were, for example, other platforms like if there was a Linux or a Mac version, I'm not, of course, saying there is, but if there were, for example, those would be included for free in the Steam uh, with the Steam price. So if you had bought the PC, then you'd get uh, the Mac or the Linux version free, for for example. So you know, I'm a big fan of that kind of idea because I the whole single user license as opposed to single platform license. I mean, I've bought games, like I bought Chinatown Wars on the DS and then I bought it again on the iPhone. And um, But, you know, it's nice if you can create the option where people don't have to do that. Now, uh, finishing up here, uh, just briefly touching on iOS, uh, I noticed that uh, you're pretty much releasing this for everything, including a toaster. Uh, are there plans right now to bring this to iOS? And uh, if so, uh, when do you think people could expect to see that? No, no plans for iOS. Um, the big thing is, one, iOS devalues the game. So with the price points of iOS games, it you try and release a $15 game on iOS and you either have to charge less for it or um, or it's not going to sell. Uh, and and secondly, um, the touchscreen, it's one of those things that if, if it were to come to iOS, I would... I, I mean, I don't want to create a subpar product and so I would have to put a lot into making sure that the controls felt right. Uh, I wouldn't just slap a, a, a quick and dirty uh, virtual D-pad and ship it. Uh, it just, you know, I, I care too much about quality. Now, other than uh, final question here, other than a well-deserved vacation after this project is completed, uh, what would you like to be working on next? I have a lot of ideas. Um, you know, that's the thing, especially the longer a project takes, the more ideas you accumulate. Uh, one thing, though, is I'm definitely going to be working on a 3D game in the after RCR, I don't know if it'll be the very first game that I do after RCR. It may. It may very well. I'm kind of hungry to do that. But as much as I love the pixel art, um, it's the bar has been set for indie games. It just keeps getting higher and higher. And uh, when I look at some beautiful 3D games, and I just I kind of, I'm envious and I, I want to do that. And I also think that uh, you know, I started this doing this pixelized game years and years before. I was actually uh, someone at TigSource actually referred to me as the uh, the first guy to do a demake, which was cool. Uh, but then, you know, <laughs> ten years go by, and I'm not the uh, my game's not out yet, and and there are so many pixel games out there now that people just are kind of in some ways bored with it and whatnot. It's just not exciting anymore to a lot of consumers. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the the pixel thing has been done a little bit too much now, I guess. So I definitely am excited to do 3D, and I definitely want to do more 2D as well, but I'm probably going to be doing some 
high quality hand drawn animation stuff as opposed to pixel stuff at least for the next while maybe once i recharge my system and get get the other art mediums out of my system fair enough uh brian provinciano creator of retro city rampage uh give us a quick uh where we can find out more about the uh information yeah, so you can go to RetroCityRampage.com and you can find it on Twitter at RetroCR and on Facebook at RetroCityRampage and just about anywhere. So uh, yeah, just Google RetroCityRampage, find it everywhere, but definitely follow it and um, find it on Facebook and become a fan. And uh, You can pre-order it now as well on PC and, and you get a whole bunch of exclusive pre-order bonuses that you're not going to get if you buy it on day one. So uh, you should definitely check those out. You heard it here first, uh, Retro City Rampage, coming out soonish. Yep. After this break, uh, we'll be back with uh, the guys from Pure Ponage, or Pure Onage, or whatever it is. I'll clean that fellow up in Canadians. post. Yeah, fellow Canadians. Uh, more Canadians after this break. So yeah, I like FPSs. Uh, what can I say? There's nothing like the rush of hunting people down and killing them. I mean, my heart's beating. My heart's beating. My hands are shaking. My hands are shaking, but I'm still shooting. I'm still getting the headshots. It's like boom, Joining us now is Mitch Fryman, sitting down with Joel Gardner, FPS Doug of Pure Ownage fame, and co-podcaster for Stuck in the Middle of Somewhere, along with comedian and old-timey game maker Derek Sweet. Guys, how you doing? Good, man. I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, I know that uh, Mitch has a couple questions, and uh, let's start it off with Mitch. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, eh, Mitch? <laughs> uh, I'm actually wearing my Boom Headshot shirt right now. I had to wear it for the occasion. Nice. Nice. But, uh... <laughs> I think that would see be a that. lot more interesting if we were a video podcast. Otherwise, yeah, you can see it. At this point, you could be sitting naked and nobody would know. Uh, I, I am be. sitting naked. <laughs> I, I, too, am sitting naked. <laughs> We is, are all naked. Is anybody on this podcast right now who is wearing pants? <laughs> I'm wearing nothing but a Mitch t-shirt. <laughs> nice. I'd like it's... to uh, see that. I I don't want to see that at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great start to this interview. Loving it. Right, just, so... just, just talking about exposed dongs. <laughs> so joel obviously uh you know you you got involved with pure ownage uh a lot of people are probably gonna want to hear a little bit about that so uh let's talk about maybe the difference between the internet and the tv and what those experiences were like a little bit um well it was a huge difference man i mean uh web on the web it was just three guys rocking around with a with a camera doing it gorilla style just kind of wherever we felt like and uh and just filming whereas the tv show was a well-oiled machine with over 200 people with their specific jobs and everybody knew exactly what they should be doing and when they should be doing it and yeah it was a, it was a huge change that's for, that's for sure did you guys have like a sandwich cart where you just ate sandwiches all the time 
Oh yeah, dude. There, there was uh, the craft services all day long. Every two hours, there would be somebody coming along with a plate of food and uh, offering you food. And then, not even every two hours. It seemed like every hour there was somebody coming along offering you food. And then uh, your lunch breaks, where you'd go and they'd have uh, a big five course meal set out at lunch, and uh, the whole crew would sit have, down. Have and- you noticed? As the time went on throughout the episodes that you started to Matthew Perry a little bit where you got fatter <laughs> over time and then and then you started doing cocaine and got skinnier and now, got Joel, fatter again. Joel can consume anything he wants without gaining any weight yeah. at all. Like you have no idea this man's metabolism. Yeah, like I, I, don't, I don't uh I got probably one of the worst diets around and uh I just cannot gain weight. And I'm I'm a skinny motherfucker, and uh, and that's kind of how I've always been. Unfortunately, that'll most likely catch up to me at some point, but hopefully not yet. I've already seen your cheeseburger video, so I mean, I already know <laughs> what you might look like someday. It's a possibility I might be that man one day. <laughs> Just uh, look him up on YouTube, guys. He has a funny video of him wanting a cheeseburger. If you wanted to borrow a cheeseburger, some, huh? some... Yeah, he wants to borrow a cheeseburger till Friday. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much the judge. You don't even have to go watch it anymore. That's, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, much. you don't don't, the, don't need to go there. It's all the. I kind of just emphasize uh, emphasize with the audience right now because I haven't seen the video at all, and all I'm hearing about is cheeseburgers. And the, <laughs> it's me as a, and in a fat, not it's me in a fat suit just wondering if I could borrow a cheeseburger till Friday, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's, that's, it's all video. <laughs> you do need to see it though. There, it's 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 an artistic piece. There's a lot of subtext. Yes, very very artistic. Yeah. There's a lot of deep deep meanings under underneath all that. It's going to be an indie game, the movie too. <laughs> <laughs> you and Phil Fish wearing fat suits, just you know, eating cheese. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, Derek, you you know, like we were just talking about before we started recording. Uh, you you did a little bit of dabbling in game design with uh, some games, porting some arcade games, I believe, was uh, what we discussed before. Yeah, I love how I was described as an old-timey game developer, too, because I immediately saw myself in like a prospector's outfit with a hat and a long mustache, and I'm like, hey, I make the games, and I'm an old-timey game developer. But no, <clears throat> the story is actually kind of funny. I was... Uh, quite intoxicated one night after drinking and I was in my fourth year of university and uh, it, we had just been partying and I had just bought the third incarnation of Dragon's Lair for PC and they still hadn't done it right. They didn't have the sequences playing in the right order. The sounds weren't the same. They hadn't duplicated the arcade experience and I wrote a very profanity-laden email to the company that made it saying, I can't believe you fucking idiots can't get this right. It's the simplest game. you got to play one movie if they press the right move and the, a different movie if they press the wrong move. I mean, there's no 3D graphics involved or anything. And they just sent me a one-sentence response, which was, think you can do better? And I sent them a response back the next morning, more sober, and I was like, yes, I do actually think I can. And I got to make Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2, Space Ace, and Mad Dog McCree. Speaking of old-timey prospectors, there. <laughs> yeah, there's Mad Dog McCree. Right if you guys, there. you guys may remember. If any may remember of the, the one in Mad Dog any idea what those games are, they were uh, a staple I, of I, our I, arcade life when we were young. 
I was it born was... in 1982, so I, I'm right on the cusp yeah, you, of you're, knowing you're Mad Dog there. McCree. <laughs> barely. Yeah, like, I mean, there was a time when these games, if just to put them in perspective, there was a time in the early 80s that, like, holy shit, if you walked into an arcade, there was 50 people waiting to play these games. Like, they were that popular because it was really nice drawn cartoons instead of shitty pixelated graphics. So no one had done that before, and but it was very simple in gameplay. You know, it was just quick action sequences where press left, right, up, down, or sword, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Give me, give me a history lesson here, real quick. Because I, I remember Mad Dog McCree really well, but I also I, I have this hazy memory of it involving like mirrors and projected up on them, and it almost looked like a hologram in front of you. Was this? You're, you're thinking what am of I time thinking traveler. Of? Time traveler was a different was a different game yeah. in the same kind of vein but it was yeah, it was a hologram oh okay yeah, very similar like Tupac <laughs> yeah no I was I was actually just got back from Coachella and I was like like yeah Tupac I mean I've did you did you see before. the the Tupac hologram what was your what was yeah. your initial reaction to that it was super cool, I mean, to see it on stage, right? But, I mean, we've all seen holograms before. I went to Disneyland the week after. We've all seen the Back to the Future, the too. Come on. <laughs> the, no, but the, the holograms in, in Disneyland were way better than the two-pack hologram. <laughs> I'll say that the Disney, but they were in a very contained environment, not on a stage, right? So the fact that it was on a stage was quite impressive, yeah. Right, I went to the Universal Studios uh, in Florida, and they have... Um, they have Christopher Walken on their disaster ride or something, and I mean, it's like he's there. It's pretty funny how they did it. Oh, hologram Christopher Walken? Yeah, I mean, Christopher Walken's one of my favorite actors, so him being there was pretty sweet yeah. already. <laughs> wait, wait, be, he just shows up on a ride? Yeah, it'd be cool if it was actually him. <laughs> is it? Is it like, <laughs> they fly him down every day just to <laughs> randomly show no, up no, on this no, ride. I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm Christopher Walken. I'm not. I'm not talking about Christopher Walken just showing up at Universal <laughs> Studios, and it's like the intro to. Uh, do you remember the ride before Jurassic Park? Like when in Jurassic Park, when they would, uh, you know, sit down in the seats and ridden, you know, Richard Attenborough is talking to himself. Is it kind of like that where you know, just like he's just he's just there? <laughs> no, you you walk into this room pretty much, and it's it's you're pretending like you're on a set for a movie, a disaster movie. It, it used to be called Twister or Earthquake. Oh, okay. I think was the yeah, old ride. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Earthquake. Right. It's not called that anymore. It's called Disaster Movie or something like that. <laughs> I don't think it's disaster. I think that was Christopher Walken. But Christopher Walken's never been in a disaster movie. I mean, he's been he's in just shitty movies. He's all over, the, man. That's why. He's the director. Is is the take on the interactive ride, if you want to call it a ride. You step into a room and Christopher Walken starts talking to you from like up in this little room that you can't really see into. And is he anyway. playing a role or is he playing Christopher Walken? No, he's he's playing like, a role of some guy. But you know it's Christopher Walken. It's straight up. It's him. I don't know why they made him play a role. It would have been better to just be him. Be like, hi, I'm Christopher Walken. And you're about to go on a disaster ride. We have seriously derailed this conversation. Uh, Dragon's Lair, man. Get, Dragon's Lair has some sweet a... box art. Yes, it does. I that that was what everybody was drawn to about it was the cartoons were made by a guy named Don Bluth and he was just a he made the Secret of Nim as well. If anybody you're shitting me. Are you serious? Just... He made the Secret of Nim. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah that's like one of my all-time favorite childhood movies. Of it. Yeah, so people loved his artwork, right? Just like as you saw Joel's reaction, there, he had a very strong following for his very few movies. And yeah, people just loved Dragon's Lair just because of how it looked. And Mad Dog McCree, it's funny, that's the one you remember because that yeah, was that the was cheesiest. the worst one. Games, all <laughs> The the three the three other games I I mentioned were had epic drawings and animations and you know set themes and video games that are still followed nowadays like the like the knight saving the damsel in distress I mean that was really all defined for the first time in Dragon's Lair I'd say I don't know I mean like it was adventure for Atari I guess you know they tell you the number one thing is never fact check during <laughs> a podcast. We, we're they, guilty dude, of that ourselves, ourselves, segment called yeah. uh, Derek and Joel talk about shit they know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, 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 they say don't ever do that while you're doing a podcast because you just derail it with facts. But, of course, I had to go and research Don Bluth. Don Bluth did not only The Land Before Time, but also Titan A.E. He did Titan A.E.? Yes. Wow, this is all a history lesson for me as well. I can't believe how fantastic. huge of a fan of Don Bluth I am, yes, it was, and I didn't even know it. it was, like, yeah, Titan AE. Was it was a directed movie. by Don Bluth. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes, that either. Yes, yeah, and no, the, the screenplay was man. by Joss Whedon. The screenplay was by Joss Whedon. Yes. Titan this is getting crazier by the second <laughs> I, here. Did you know? Did you Joel, know Matt Joel, Damon you and were... Joel, Bill Pullman and John Leguizamo? Whatever happened to John Leguizamo, by the way? Joel, Who did, knows? Did you, Joel, did you know that you were in Titan AE? <laughs> I was in Titan. You were. AE. You were. Oh, God, I was in Titan AE. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my mind is officially blown. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's this, awesome! This, yeah, yeah. Big this, fan of this, Don Bluth. Yeah, Don Bluth, everybody. Don Bluth. <laughs> All right. So basically, this is the kind of conversation that goes on over at Sitmos. We we end up talking about Don Bluth and Christopher Walken, and we don't really ever, even when we're featured on another podcast, we're just like, yeah, let's not talk about us. Yeah. Do you, video have games. you guys decided? Is it Sitmos or Sitmos? I'm still talking. I can't I'm help but say Sit Moss. You know, I yeah, can't. I can't help but say Sit Moss for some reason. It's just like stuck in my head ever since the first day I kind of said it. So there's a little debate on the forums that it should be called Sit Moss, as I guess that's how you that's, would technically pronounce that non. That's how I pronounce but... it. <laughs> and as Pierona just proven, we could have it a thing at the front that says Sit Moss, and people would still call it Sit Moss. So Sit Moss, yeah, it wouldn't matter. Stuck in the middle of somewhere. That's that's the best way, I guess. You could have you could have persuaded me to say Sit Moss if someone didn't put that ass Moss thing on the yeah, form. That was Derek. Yeah, that was my that was Derek. Damn it, Derek. Sit Moss sounds like something you get if you sit for too long. Exactly. <laughs> you persuade me uh. not to use that term. But, that's uh, why. That's why I use that term. <laughs> Love sit moss. Joel, I, I really what I want to know is uh, on your Twitter page how many, uh, how long did it take to look like a badass that hardcore, looking straight into the souls of your Twitter followers, just saying "fuck you." I mean, there, Are you there's, there's about my current avatar picture. Yes, there is just death in your uh, no the background. <laughs> There is death in your eyes. You take yourself very seriously. You got the tat going up all the side. Yeah, it's hilarious, man, because the moment 
those pictures are are taken like as soon as they're done taken and that fierce face is off i the biggest smile comes over my face like i you know i can it's so easy for me to look fierce just because of my bone structure and shit so all yeah. i really have to do is go yeah and it, it looks like a mean motherfucker you know but yeah, Joel, uh, two seconds later i'm looking. smiling and laughing Joel's a scary looking dude, man. Like my brother's a professional fighter and he's told me he would be scared to fight Joel, even though he knows Joel doesn't have like any formal fighting training, you know, but he's like, Joel just looks scary. I'd be scared going to the ring against him. Joel <laughs> looks like an ax murderer. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to come out, out and there. say it, you, you just but I'm it. the most gentle you... human being ever. No, you and Clay Matthews. I mean, like you two, if I saw y'all either of you holding axes, Who's I'm just going to go the other Clay way. Matthews? I've heard that name. Who's Clay Matthews? Clay, Clay Matthews is a linebacker, defenseman, but line. Oh, fuck. He plays football for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and and somebody is the one football fan that we have is fucking ripping his hair out right now because I don't know what <laughs> position Clay Matthews plays. He's going uh... crazy. <laughs> Ooh, and, and 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 the conversation is and completely silent. derailed. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> hilarious because the some you know, computer I... voice is like linebacker. <laughs> I would actually peg uh, Derek as more of the axe murderer over Joel. <laughs> to be, he has more of that look like he could snap at any second. And Derek loves like, Satan, man. So, <laughs> like this, if I saw Joel, I, all I'm getting is a voice going "r" in my ear right now because yeah, Jackie's typing this shit. Derek, Derek's uh, Twitter picture kind of looks like he's my dad, and he's disappointed that I've uh, taken up ballet. I've actually I've, I've already paid for my new headshots that I'll be taking in June because people have either told me that headshot makes me look like I'm in my 40s. I'm actually like in my 30s, and People have said that they want to punch it in the face when they see it. It's <laughs> definitely time for a change in headshot. I think I don't, I don't want to punch it as much as I did. I did read your uh, your Twitter byline. Uh, believe it. I, I actually thought it said professional Canadian based out of Calgary, Canada. That's <laughs> it. No, that's my job. I I go around and I'm like, hey, what, what we you represent Canada. Canada. Do you have, Do you need to have any questions about Canada? And people are like, no, we live here. Why don't you go somewhere other than Canada? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know our show this week is actually entirely Canadian based? Really? Who's there, the there other? Are, uh... Yeah, there are no guests on our show Who's that the other aren't guest? from Canada. Uh, our other guest was uh, the founder of V Blank Entertainment uh, and the creator of Retro City Rampage, Mr. Brian Provinciano. You Retro can City tell Rampage. that I delivered. Yeah, I delivered that right off of my script from earlier, so uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I can use my radio voice for that one. That's awesome, man. No disrespect to him, but I haven't, uh, unfortunately, haven't heard of any either one of those things. No one is. Uh, he is. He's a. He's an indie developer. Uh, he's coming out with a new game uh, coming cool. out here called Retro City Rampage. It's all kind of a top-down GTA. Um, GTA One clone but with all throwbacks to um early 90s games so there's like a paper boy section bionic commando mega man it's it's <laughs> no it, way what, yeah you'll have to check out the uh the the trailer it looks pretty incredible yeah it definitely will now what is it going to be an xbox title like an arcade title or oh, he's really, an ios he's, game he's, or release, he's he's releasing it on all platforms 
Good literally on him, everything. He, it's, it's coming out on a Commodore 64 and a video toaster. It's <laughs> literally... It's, I it's coming out on there everything. For a sec. I was like, what? A Commodore 64? You're <laughs> shitting me. <laughs> I, I don't want to derail the conversation past from where we, we had it already because it's going so well. Um, but I learned of a... a do you know there's they're making games for the NES, NES now? Like for the new NES. S N E S. You can buy new carts for your Super Nintendo. That's just yeah, retarded. I, I read that somewhere. That's awesome. Ooh. There's lots of people that are into the retro gaming scene, so I could see it being popular. Yeah, I'm in the retro gaming scene my... too, man. But you know what I do? I buy those games on my Xbox Live Arcade. I got to wipe another X, like uh, another machine that's just gonna sit there and clutter up shit. That that I gotta turn that robot voice off or something because it's really bugging me. With the uh, anytime someone announcing when people or, or write something, like, oh, oh right. yeah, it out to me. Yeah, it's it's in your settings somewhere. You can make it not say that. Yeah, we've got to actually come up with a design doc to make sure that we can send it. Because apparently nobody uses Mumble. No, I had no idea what Mumble <laughs> even was until Derek told me I had to download it. I was like, okay. <laughs> you have to download it. <laughs> to, be, to be on, to this, be on podcast, this podcast, you must yeah, Mumble. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, it's right in configure. If, you just turn off text-to-speech. It's super easy. Oh, that's what that <laughs> is. Okay, damn. Bam. The, there you go. Well, there, there is a certain amount of leeway um, with having Gabe as our first guest because then you can be like, yeah, you know what? It's fucking good enough for Gabe. Suck it up. You know? <laughs> if, if the ruler of all video game world can use Mumble, it's good enough for you. It's actually working quite well. I like it. Yeah, thank you. Props to Mumble. I think the biggest benefit of Mumble is everybody's recording in a separate channel. So like, as we've been talking over each other, they can edit out the people talking over each other. Yeah, and that that they is actually our uh, our editor Michael, who uh, who does He's a fantastic people. job. Michael's your little yeah. bitch. Is that what you're talking saying? You just called Michael a bitch. <laughs> Michael, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> he's he's actually in the channel yeah, and right, can right hear now, that. Yeah. Hilarious. There you go. He's been insulted by almost every guest so far. I think we need to keep that. Hey, going. I love Michael. Where, <laughs> where everybody you're just the comes one on the show and bitch, shits dude. on Michael. <laughs> oh, oh, did anybody is anybody actually reading the fucking chat? Meanwhile, John C is losing his mind Dude, yeah. telling me that Clay Matthews is a linebacker. Yeah, that's what we were talking because we had our text to speech on before, so it was like linebacker <laughs> I wish I would have heard that. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, well, it wasn't fun, man. <laughs> it wasn't sucks. fun at all. That's, that's god awful. I'm so sorry. Well, you guys will have nightmares tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. We're nice. <laughs> are we recording now? We're recording. Guys are we're actually doing this. The, yeah. The, now we're recording. Yeah. Now oh, we're we recording. recording. Good. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, welcome everybody. Derek Sweet and Joel Gardner. Hey. <laughs> I'm even lost at this point. It's all good. No, but you were talking about something interesting, which is the brand new old school games. I've got every console going back to like Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Do you have I've, a Jaguar? He does. I do have he a Jaguar. Does. You have a Jaguar? We, we, we I have, have a Jaguar. A video what about a podcast 3DL? of us unboxing uh, Derek's old systems? We went and sat down and actually played. And a we couple. played a lot of Dreamcast. We played Dreamcast. Seaman. <laughs> my yeah, my Seaman was still around. That sounded dirtier than I meant it to. Um, <laughs> 
I was really into anime games back then. Uh, so you as long as it's one not in the box. It's a huge man, but it's, it's there's only one. Yes. <laughs> he just what do you put him on a leash it and really, he follows you around? It really creeps girls out when the, just the one big <laughs> sperm comes out though. That it's fucking gross. They think it's like a fish. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just everywhere. imagining like this Japanese carp. It had to be Japanese. Like the it had well, to be Japanese. Well, yeah, it kind of does. Um, no, they they had those 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 carp pools. What the hell? Oh, uh, koi ponds. Fucking, uh, koi ponds. Yeah, yeah fucking. Koi just coming out and you coming out of the top of your shirt, just popping out like as man, you're on you, a date. You have a way more vivid imagination than me, man. That was like <laughs> I thought I was taking it far with just the giant fish coming out of my cock. But hey, he said no. Sure. There, I feel like there's a there's there's a Peter Molyneux game there. You know where? where imagine a world where you go on a date. And your 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 koi pond semen will jump on the oh, table and strike up a conversation. Well, he's a genius. And I'm thanks sure for listening. Do it. Well, did you hear about the uh, the Molly Jam? Did you? Uh, I don't I don't know if you heard about these game jams no, that they're what doing is it, now. Nonsense. Um, this, uh, yeah. Well, basically, a whole mess of developers will get together and rally around a similar idea and start developing an idea over over a weekend where they basically over a 48 hour period of time they try to develop as many games as they can um i think that's about right so uh, fuck it um so so basically recently there's a twitter account called peter molindu um instead of peter molindu uh which tweets out ideas based on Peter Molyneux's general ideas and uh they're they're pretty brilliant and it sounds exactly like him you know so it, they, there was there was a game jam called uh what would molly do um that was all around the world and and basically put together these these games over a 48 hour period of time um that uh that were based on this fake twitter accounts ideas it's it's brilliant so is, is peter molyneux gay i i <laughs> i i haven't had a chance to ask his coy uh i'm just so. wondering if that might be like knowledge that's out there because he seems to have a fascination with the gay lifestyle in a lot of his games and makes me want to hold other men's uh, hands and and stuff like that and dance for them and, and kiss them and so I was just curious i don't know i don't know <laughs> i believe he has a son so at least at some point in time no no well he's hey, married man. no 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 there, I, I remember hey, man, this there's very plenty clearly. of married guys out there you know have you ever heard of the down low <laughs> i'm not that there's anything wrong with DL. that. No, there is nothing not wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, man. No. Hey, some of my best buds are gay. I'm sorry, so we offended good. you, Derek. <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> really, you should be apologizing for damn Peter Molyneux. He listens to this show. Of course. <laughs> Our biggest subscriber. He is. He sent me a tweet uh... yesterday. <laughs> told me, told me to make a game out of a koi fish or something. <laughs> Uh, so, right. uh, so Joel, you uh, you did cardboard warfare too. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Cardboard Warfare 2, yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man, it was... <laughs> It was very cool. Actually, uh, I had a blast, man. That was uh, the uh, the best uh, filming experiences of my life. Got to meet uh, a lot of cool people down in Atlanta when we did it. And uh, yeah, Clint Jones, man. What can I what can I say about that guy? He's he's going to be huge, and uh, he's definitely someone to watch out for. He's now in L.A. Uh, with Freddie Wong and Corridor Digital and all those guys. And uh, I'll actually be flying out there next month in, uh, in, yeah, first week of June. We're going down there to uh, film another short film that I wrote with Clinton. And then uh, hopefully uh, me and Freddie are going to be doing something too. Maybe a little, I guess, Doug versus Freddie Wong or something. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, man. I'm I'm pretty stoked. I can't wait to uh, get down there and get uh, in front of the camera again. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Well, you just did something over the weekend, right? A little, a very small cameo. Oh, yeah, with Load Ready Run. Yeah, yeah, that was that. Uh, I didn't even speak in that, though. <laughs> so <laughs> I just sat there and uh, admired Jarrett's tiny tower playing, and that was about it. But that was crazy <laughs> being on camera with Jarrett again, that's for sure. And, uh... and his tiny tower. <laughs> oh, gross. Got some crazy tiny tower skills. So, as our listeners probably don't know, I'm part of the Sitmos uh, community, and or Sitmos, I suppose I should start pronouncing it correctly. Get it right, son. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you guys have a pretty substantial Minecraft server, although as of late it's been you know kind of dying down in activity. You guys are thinking about yeah, shutting it down due to our fault, but. But whatever. Well, I don't know. you know, I think that's just kind of the way it goes with Minecraft. People start to lose interest when they're not working on a project or, act, you know, activities aren't going on. I don't think it's really your fault. It's more people need to find stuff to do. And if they yeah, don't, exactly. then they lose interest. You know, I think the Hunger Games might revitalize it at least for a little game or a little time when we do that. Well, time yeah, zones we're going to have a Hunger Games. Really... What's that there? Time, time zones create some serious difficulties because we have fans from all over. Right, so it's like yeah, it's we have fans all over the world, and like, yeah, it's it's really tough. Like we used to hold these town meetings, and only half the people would show up because the other half of the people lived on the other side of the world, and they were sleeping at the time, you know. So it's kind of hard to organize some events, but you know, I I still love the game, and I think the Hunger Games event will be pretty cool, even though Derek still has no idea what it's about. Can I just tell you, Derek? Can I just tell you what the story is? <laughs> I actually was in a bookstore and I read the back of the Hunger Games book, so I know the basic plot now. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's about Stanley Tucci having blue hair, isn't it? I I did not <laughs> watch the movie. I saw the trailer, and I said, "No, this isn't for me. I don't." I well, have you ever know. seen Battle Royale? Yeah, that's an amazing no. movie. I've I've heard Fuck people tell Games, me to go man. see that. Fuck the Hunger Hunger Games. Just go watch Battle Royale one and two, and and you're good, man need the hunger games battle royale has a hologram of christopher walken <laughs> <laughs> running See, that... around he he will be the last one to be standing because he's a hologram you can't kill a hologram well exactly dude. Uh, you can totally walken. kill a hologram red has red Dwarf killed, him. told you nothing <laughs> yeah, I heard there was holograms. I haven't no, seen much but there are about three people that understand what the fuck I'm talking about right then. 
<laughs> I understand it's a good science fiction show. I just I can't get over the production value in some of those shows, like Doctor Who and Red Dwarf. I'd love to like them, but it's like it looks like it was filmed by my like friends' kids. Like, well, it was it was filmed on the BBC in the eighties? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Our cameras are the ones we do own are way better than those cameras. The, the cell phone that you have in your pocket is a better camera than what they had back then. <laughs> I'll they say this cardboard. though: the, the Hitchhiker's Guide old BBC stuff is better than the movie. The Dude, movie, I just, I just oh, the sure. movie was I'm awful. currently uh, currently downloading that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing well, you, you that off the internet, it, right? No, no, no you I will admit it. I stole that off the internet. I am downloading <laughs> it illegally. Yes. Are you Are you talking about the the Hitchhiker or, Guide we, to the Galaxy uh, TV series? Where the fuck am oh. I going to find that anyway? You know, like oh, uh, I thought you were... none of our stores are going to be carrying that. There, yeah, there's just nothing. The there is nothing good about that that newest iteration. It's. Uh, they, oh, the they had movie. such an opportunity. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, no, it, it almost tainted the whole series for me. It was so bad. I'm no, no, a huge the, Douglas Adams fan, so. Well, the, read ending, all the, books, so. the ending where they completely changed the whole point of his novel and completely, you know, raped everything Douglas Adams stood for, that was okay, wasn't it? Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, you'd almost think <laughs> no, Michael I mean, Bay was on board or something. Right. Yeah. He wasn't, was he? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be shocked. No, there's not. There would be then there would be like there'd, there'd racist be way more robots hanging man. out in the background. Well, there there would have and, been explosions like every two seconds if Michael Bay was in charge of that. Yeah. Uh, out, out of curiosity, what what are you guys playing right now? Trials Evolution. That's yeah, the game I'm on right now. Witcher two. Yeah, I'm not loving Witcher 2 on Xbox. It's the the action sequences are really quite pathetic, and the combat is a little bit clunky, and not loving it. Actually, I'm uh, playing Trials Evolution, on... and I'm also playing uh, Telltale Games uh, Walking Dead Episode 1, which I love. We had... I really love it. I love the immersive feel of that uh, kind of Heavy Rain-esque game style, or gameplay style. We had, uh, we had Dan Connors on the show, CEO of... Uh telltale games last week it nice was, uh, it was a pretty good interview yeah right on um i you know i thought the walking dead game was a great start i, I thought it had its issues like some serious issues it took me off guard um, I, I literally knew nothing about the game uh when i first did you watch it. the show oh yeah i'm a huge walking dead fan we talk about it on our podcast all the time and uh not just of the the tv series but i i was into the comics like years ago so uh, I've I've read all the graphic novels well up to where they are right now, and uh, let, let me ask you this: Did you play with the hints on to where uh, for for people who haven't played the game yet, you can actually set it from the beginning to show all the points that you can click in the room when you walk into it? Were you playing with those tooltips on or off? I had them on, and then I turned them off after I realized that they were on. Uh, I. I to make my games uh not as difficult as possible but you know some kind of a challenge i don't like games leading me by the nose so uh i did turn them off after a while see there were two things that really turned me off to i, I thought it was a great first start i thought it was kind of like a you know it's been getting 90s you know someone's over i thought it was a solid b mm -hmm. you know yeah I mean... and and for two main reasons one at the end of the game uh, there was the, the, did you get the screen that popped up that showed you everything and how you made the decisions? I have yet to, uh, finish the game yet. 
Uh, that's that's the payoff of the game is a beautiful screen that pops up and tells you how you know your uh, your your decisions weigh against everyone else. So like say you saved X person, fifty uh, percent saved this person, fifty oh, percent saved this person. Nice. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, it's great. Cool. It's fantastic. Except it doesn't work. What? Um, I got there. <laughs> I I got there through the playthrough. And the first thing they came up with at the, at the end of the, the episode was the screen. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then it didn't load. Wow. Really? Um, yeah. That's kind of lame. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It crashed a couple times. You know, we were just we, talking about it on our podcast the other day. It's like yeah. a game launching with. Yeah, we were just yeah, we talked nowadays. about we were hinting about this uh, on, on an episode that hasn't been released yet. Hopefully it'll be released in the next couple of days. But um, yeah, we were talking about how games nowadays, like games back in the 80s, they were. You, you know you might find the odd bug or two nowadays it's it's almost commonplace and you expect it well you have no in back then you had no recourse to fix it now you have the ability to patch things and it's almost expected when was the last time you popped in a ps3 game and it didn't day one patch oh yeah that plus just like little issues i, I talk about it all the time of, of video games taking me out of uh out of their world by having shit like my arm go through a door, you know, or like shit like that really bugs me. It's like, you can't, you can't have gotten that right. Like it, do, it didn't happen when he did it over here. Why does it have to happen when I do it in this spot, you know? And just, I don't know. It's, it's almost it's a lot to ask. I've never made a video game, so I have no idea how hard no, it no, is. It's not, it's, it's unacceptable nowadays for games to have those kind of things. Like Witcher 2, I was able to reach through a wall, a hidden wall, and grab the contents of the treasure chest behind it before I had to get past the hidden <laughs> yeah, wall. Yeah, like that is <laughs> retarded, man. That, that shouldn't but, be But happening. let me ask you this. Is it, it, it seems to me, at least in the last couple of years, that you know I'm, I'm a huge Blizzard fan. I really am. I love everything they do, pretty much to a team. Mm -hmm. uh, so when the Miss of Pandaria, you know, uh, beta rolled around, I was selected for that, and I got into the Diablo three beta. And it seems to me like the the beta is the new alpha, or and uh, the beta that comes out. Well, that's the demo. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah. Know? And the release. Well, that's not really the release candidate. That's the thing that they were going to put the demo together with. Yeah, if, you, if you you're know? thinking about playing and it's an not MMO until a on year launch in. day, you're fucking crazy. Like, why? Sure. Why would you do no. that? And the and the reason why, and it's the same reason they can put out systems that don't play used games, and you need to buy licenses to play your discs that you've purchased. The reason why is because they own us. Yeah. They have us in they, their they pocket. What else do, are we yeah. going to do? Where else are we going to go? We have no choice but to buy their games and do it their way because they're, you know, there's no one's going to have the balls to release a system that doesn't have those kind of things or uh, release a game that actually is bug-free, except for Blizzard, right? Like, Blizzard's one of the few companies that gets that level of respect because they refuse to release a game until it's perfect. But they also have a billion dollars just laying around. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's true. They, they can afford to be like, nah, this isn't that good. We're going to sit on this. You know, my... My go-to example, not to not to be, you know, spend the podcast eating Blizzard's asshole, but my my go-to for the Blizzard story that, you know, really touched me is what kind of company they are. Um, are you familiar with StarCraft Ghosts? No. The third-person active shooter? Yeah. The reason that no. you don't know about this is because it was like three quarters of the way done, 
And apparently they said, yeah, this game sucks. And they and stopped, stopped making wow. it and just shelved wow. it. Wow. Yeah, it, if, awesome. if it wasn't three quarters of the way, it would, probably was ninety percent done. And they were like, "No, nah, yeah, it's this isn't this isn't working." Yeah, out. respect goes so, to them, man. And then you hear like bullshit about uh, EA. Not only were they voted America's worst company last year, but uh, like news today breaking about oh, as of May thirty first, all those people that bought Rock Band on their iPhones or iOS devices for five dollars, which is very expensive for an iOS game. Uh, well, you'll no longer be play that come May 31st. Just to let you know, people that bought this game, uh, you will no longer be able to play. And uh... and you brought up earlier the question of licenses and the way we're moving towards everyone having their independent license for a game. What do you think is going to stem that? Oh, time? dude, we're not going to own video games in the future. If if it goes the way people are talking and and these consoles uh, with all this DRM bullshit. Uh, we're pretty much just um, renting the the use of that game uh, because you'll never yeah, you're never going to be able yeah. to do anything else with that besides play it in that one console. That console breaks, done. All your games are are done, useless. You can't even lend that game to a friend for that friend to try out. Then Microsoft wants to charge you some money for you to do that. So they so you never you don't own that game anymore. Technically, it's never been yours. So. Uh, now you only own a license plate. Like all your nice collector's editions, your nice boxes. Say goodbye to those. Those aren't happening anymore. Like they might happen for one more generation, but no one's going to be buying physical copies of games anymore. It's a tragedy. It's sad. I I, I don't know if it's a tragedy or it's sad. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say that I haven't bought a PC game in a box in forever uh in, in yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not Plural? huge on the actual boxes the, and stuff like that that stuff i don't really care about derek is really the into last... it. he loves his collector's editions and stuff but for me personally i'm just but i'm I think just there's a off. way to do this i'm right. just pissed off at the fact that i'm buying i'm already paying 60 bucks for a game that's dude like i already think games are overpriced when i can pick up a, a arcade yeah. title for 10 bucks that blows uh, tons of other AAA titles out of the water. Come on, you can't tell me Trials Evolution isn't a thousand times better than what Witcher Two right now, Derek? Are you having more fun playing Trials Evolution or Witcher Two? Trials Evolution. Yeah, exactly. You paid ten bucks for Trials and you paid sixty game. for Witcher Two. It's bullshit, man. Yeah, Journey's another great example. Journey's another uh, that Journey's like the guys best have... gaming experience I've had in years, and that was a a Absolutely. PSN title for what ten bucks, twelve bucks. I'm gonna tell you right now, I think Journey was really? overrated. Oh man, right, and you can away. yeah, you can you can lose your mind. I thought it was fine for what it was, but I thought the gaming press did that game almost a disservice by calling it kind of like the next iteration of Christ coming down and touching your PS3 and giving you an orgasm on the couch. I thought yeah, it was no, fine. I don't know that I, I want was, that. Certain games I, thought that it was, I thought it was fine, and I thought it was pretty. There's certain games that I intentionally won't read the press about for that exact reason. If I know that I'm going to be getting a game, I pretty much read no press on it, just because I don't want my expectations did, to be modified in any way. Did you guys see the trailer for the new Black Ops? No, not yet. Yeah, I did. And uh, what are you... I don't really care. Uh, I, I seriously, I, I love Black Ops, and I will be picking it up, and I can't wait. But all they showed me was single player campaign, and I, I've 
don't give a shit about the single player campaign, man. I was done with COD single player campaigns two CODs ago. I really don't care about single player FPS campaigns. I'd just give me the multiplayer. But I mean, what if they include the mechs in the multiplayer somehow? I mean, what if it's like Battlefield? No, yeah, that would be amazing, like... man. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that would be awesome. But I, I don't need. I, I didn't even or ride finish a horse. the. I don't even think I finished the single player campaign for the first Black Ops, and I definitely didn't play the Modern Warfare Three single player campaign. Yeah, the Modern Warfare Three one, I played it. Uh, but of all of all the Call of Duties recently, like it, I wouldn't say it was. It good. just seemed like more of the same stuff. <laughs> like it starts off with you like waking up from being knocked out. It's like, damn, I didn't they do this? They didn't they do this like twice in the last one? Now they're starting this one with this. Like, oh my god, everything felt felt like I've been well, there like already. for how bad for how bad the Call of Duty like single players can be. I don't know if you played Medal of Honor, the new one that came no. out, but the end of the game, obviously they didn't finish the game in time because you get a, a cutscene. That's what you get. You fight this wave of enemies, which really isn't that hard to kill, and then you get a cutscene, and I think your whole team dies or something like that, and you're just sitting there scratching your head like, what just happened? Oh, wow. Like, that was not a proper ending to a yeah. game, and I haven't played the game since. I have the multiplayer. I haven't played it. Can I just say one thing, though, in defense of collector's editions and boxes, since I was totally alone on that? <laughs> I just want to say, when I, mentioned I had a, when I mentioned I had an Atari Jaguar, you all lost your fucking mind. True. Do you think in, ten, true. Do you think in 10 years people are going to be like, what, you got that on your hard drive? No, man, you want physical objects that you can show people, and it's a sad day if we're losing collector's editions. And, but Derek, uh, is it worth it? No, worth, I... Uh, I is it worth to be collecting those? Like you have all the, your game systems in a box that's taking up a giant amount of space in your closet. Is that worth it just to have so far me come over and say, dude, Jaguar? Dude, I can't wait until the day that I can have, like cause as soon as I get a house and I'm not in a condo anymore, I'm going to have all of them out. I'm going to buy tables just for yeah, you know, all the connected that. piggybacks. They'll be piggybacked on top of each other, so you can just flip one on and turn on the TV, and you'll play it. Because yeah, man, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> but that's what they are—they're—they're they're antique showpieces. The—the the reason that it's exciting that you have a Jaguar is they don't—is—is is not I because go play it. you know there—it's—it's it's, you want right, to so go one play day it because 360 will be an antique showpiece. That's what I'm saying. You get rid of the hardware. I don't you, think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. I. I don't think that the the three sixty no, is going to. No one's three sixty so in many ten years will them. even work anymore. So <laughs> I know they'll all be red rigging anyway. No, no. Like it's like, oh yeah, there's that red rigging. If you had a working three sixty ten that years from now, that's that would be impressive. impressive. That would be. What everybody like, that bought a three sixty that There's not one single person that at least hasn't gotten a second one. You haven't gotten a I second have not. one even. I have. How not. old is yours? I did not. I bought. I bought. I waited. I waited to buy the the 360 because I have. I go through generations where I'll buy a badass gaming computer, and then later on through that cycle, once my gaming computer starts to show a little bit of age, that's when I'll pick up the new iteration of consoles. So I got the the original black um, elite version, and that thing's been going strong. Yeah, I heard those are a lot better. What actually? Three, yeah, four I heard those years are a now. Lot better. Oh yeah, they so. they are trucks. But anyway, so I you actually 
Sorry, go go ahead. There. Sorry, I was just gonna say that you know the, that the transition of the art form of gaming from something that was a collector's thing to not being a collector's thing anymore is sad. That's all I guess I was saying. It's kind of like like no, I can yeah, I can see that. But let me let me offer a counterpoint and ask you this: is because of the fact that we're getting into a world where we have on the two sides we have the triple A world and we have the indie world. A lot more can be experienced. You know, you you just talked about Journey was the best thing since sliced bread. We, you know, a couple of years ago, we never would have sure. had Journey. And that's largely because those boxes, you know, and brick or mortar, mortar stores aren't going to be carrying. Well, those stores won't even totally exist, um, That's something illicit. Exactly. In a couple of years, uh, I, I do see us transitioning towards a, you know, moving away from the brick and mortar store. And you will have a greater divide, but through that divide is going to come things like Journey, like uh, uh, what's you know random Bad. iOS games that are brilliant. Trials, you know the two the two games that you guys pointed out as being you know awesome in the last couple of weeks uh, are indie games and are on download only. So how do you reconcile those two things? No, you I, I, you're 100% right. I got to admit that the quality is definitely when you don't have the pressure of producing. Having the the electronic distribution mechanism makes it a lot more possible for people to bring great games to us that maybe they otherwise wouldn't be able to because they don't have millions of dollars, right? Or a production company to get behind them. It's definitely true. Um, I don't know what could replace it. That I guess maybe just video game collectibles would be really cool, like little statuettes and stuff like that, but in video game characters, which is also popular, right? But that could replace it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there are a so lot of people you... that like to collect the physical versions of games or CDs oh, yeah, or thing, you know yeah. movies. You don't need to go out and buy movies, but I have a huge collection of DVDs and Blu-rays. You know, I think that's the. I think there's a generational divide here, though. I think you're one of the last people that are are going out and buying DVDs. Um, I haven't bought same thing. I haven't bought a DVD, and I can't remember when. Um, and yet I have a wall full. Well, of that's because Blu-ray came out. I used to collect DVDs until Blu-rays came out, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> fuck that noise! I ain't buying my whole collection on TV on Blu-ray again." Now, do you again. actively buy Blu-rays when they're coming I do. out? If I if I enjoy a movie and I did not see it in the theater, then yes, be, I will buy the Blu-ray, but uh, not before I be stole it with... and downloaded it first and made sure it was good and I enjoyed it and they deserve yeah, my money. Yeah, it has money. to be a movie with great effects now, tell me... and stuff too. Like, it has to be a visually amazing movie and then I'll be like, yeah, I have to get that one. Well, I don't, I don't think it has to be visually amazing for it to be, uh, you know, available for Blu-ray buy. Like, I think I've bought, uh, I bought some actually like classics brought Just up to Blu-ray the... standards, like. Just to support uh, the art you like in general, I think is a good principle. You know, uh, whether or not it's visually stunning or not, I think if you enjoyed that movie and you have not given that person that made that movie a, some form of of uh, you know some monetary value of some sort, uh, it, I, I think you're doing art in itself a, a disservice. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I you know I'm not saying that I'm illegally downloading these quite to the contrary. I have a Steam, you know, uh list that's over 150 games long. Uh now yeah, yeah, now are you guys yeah. using Steam? Have you have you found this to be a pretty good worthwhile way to break you out of that buying games in boxes mode? Um me personally no because I uh as most people that listen to to our podcast know that I'm not a big PC guy anymore, man. I use my PC for editing and for playing minecraft but it's a it's a small 17 inch laptop i i don't want to be playing 
video games on it when I have a 60-inch flat-screen TV that uh, is right in front of me that I'd way rather be watching video games on. Uh, I'm actually a console man, and I play pretty much strictly Xbox and PC, or PC, PlayStation, and and that's pretty much it. So yeah, I have Steam installed, but man, my computer's not good enough, and I don't have the money to keep upgrading my computer every year, you know? Like, people talk about Xboxes having to replace Xboxes. How often do you have to re- upgrade your PC just to play the latest game? Every every three years, and I buy the best PC game, or PC that I can possibly buy. Yeah, so expensive, you're spending, yeah. like, you're dishing out, like, a couple thousand dollars oh, yeah. every three years, whereas, like, I bought my Xbox three years ago for 200 you know? Oh, yeah. I, I just can't afford PC gaming. That's my excuse. There's there's a value proposition there that, you know, it's either it's worth it to you or you're not. What about you, Doug? Uh, how do you, have you come down on the uh, the Steam? I think you mean Derek. Uh, <laughs> yes. Doug. Well, well, no, no, it's okay. Um, I just, I wanted to make sure you were addressing me because sometimes people call Joel Doug. <laughs> well, what? I, I, I called uh, Jared, Jeremy to you the other day, <laughs> didn't I, uh, Derek? I think so, yeah. And Derek, cor- Derek corrected me, and I just like slapped myself in the face, like what? Um, but yeah, I uh, I think Steam is an amazing distribution platform, and I especially love the social features in Steam. I think they've done an amazing job for what they're offering. But I'm in the same boat as Joel in that I'm programming on a computer for eight to ten hours a day, and there's a thing called repetitive strain injuries, and it's just if you use your hands to do the same thing too much then you just get sore hands and I so I can't use a keyboard and a mouse for gaming because I use it all day for work and if I was to game at night with it I would just be in pain after a few weeks so I need to change up what I do and so yeah I'm I'm a big console guy I just love fighters too and you got to have a you got to have a D-pad for fighters man you can't even use an analog joystick for that shit so like the fighter genre is pretty much non-existent on PC wouldn't that be is that accurate yeah, I yeah. Think so, yeah, I, it's just the very different types of games. But I mean, I can't wait for Diablo three, right? I've got it pre-ordered. It's coming here, and I'll play the shit out of that. My hands will get sore, but I'm gonna do it. I'm still waiting on you to play Dota two, too. I know. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's, it's such a generous thing that you sent us that 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 Dota two. But it's like, dude, my, it, it hurts for me to play. <laughs> like you don't understand. Like if I got less busy at work, but I'm so busy at work these days. It's it's not quite as demanding as an RTS though. I mean, you you're probably not going to be using your fingers too much. You got to right click. I mean, that, there's some clicking to it. You don't have to click very much to be successful in it though. You can be a pretty passive player and still play well. Cool. Yeah, I, I need to check it out. Jared's trying to sell us on an LOL and Dota 2, and he's talking about it all oh, the really? time. Oh really? He he does play Dota. 2? He plays LOL. Oh well, see, I don't. I like how you call it LOL. <laughs> the I call it League of Legends? I don't know. He was called it LOL. I, I don't know. You call it League of Legends, you abbreviate it only in text as uh, LOL. See, I don't like League of Legends. So you don't actually call it LOL? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm I, call, I don't play the games, so I don't call it anything I right call now. it LOL, but I don't play it because, I mean, me and Jack are the complete opposite views on this. Jack doesn't like Dota 2, and I don't like League of Legends. For pretty much the same reason, I think Jack, you said it's like too busy in Dota Two, right? And I don't think that... no, I think I think it branches out into too many. It's it's not new friendly. Um, when I walked into Dota Two to be, before Gabe was on the show, uh, of course I wanted to do research and start playing and you know playing Dota Two. And God, I am fucking terrible at Dota Two. <laughs> I am awful. <laughs> 
I'm really uh, bad at. It's hard collection. to get into a game that you're not very good at. <laughs> no, no, I am very, very bad, and uh, and going through it and just going, no, oh, no, th I don't think this is in the end going to be for me. Right. Hey boys, uh, I just a quick question here. Um, do we know how much longer this is going to take? I just got to ask because I got my daughter. I've got to put uh, down yeah, the bed is, here soon. This is uh, probably gone pretty long already. So yeah, it's it's uh, we're just at fifty four minutes anytime. Of your of your podcast is ours Gabe, around Gabe like forty five. Yeah, Gabe went extremely long. We usually do about an hour and a half, so uh, we can wrap. Yeah, it up. Yeah, I could probably keep going, but unfortunately, right. I got like responsibilities. I've got to no, take dude. care yeah, of. Yeah, you know, no, I, we, we understand. Thing. I'm glad yeah. that you could yeah. uh, come on and have fun. So <laughs> let's wrap it up. Uh, one one final question for you guys um, before you head off. Uh, what what are you guys really excited for now that the console generation is ending? You know, the last kind of sequel push is happening. What in the next, you know, eight to ten months, what are you excited to come I'm out? really looking forward to seeing this hologram Christopher Walken. That's... Uh... <laughs> Dude, he's uh, he's pretty cool in person. Um, I think the only thing I'm I'm really left excited for, uh, because I've been avoiding the beta, is um, is Diablo three. The my my game of the year already came out, which was Trials Evolution. I was a huge Trials fan and was super excited when this got announced, and uh, I've been loving it. I can't I can't put it down. So. That's uh, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that I'm looking forward to in the next few months, at least. Now you, you guys there? are. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Assassin's Creed uh, trilogy finish up. Assassin's Creed Three. Oh that's yeah, gonna that'll be, be awesome. Cool. And uh, Diablo Three is a big one. I'm just trying to bring up IGN's list of upcoming games to remind myself what I'm excited about. <laughs> you know, because they provide <laughs> they provide you with a hot or not, and you, it lets you know you you care about this. And I'm like, oh, I guess I do. I didn't know. I didn't know I wanted that game, but apparently I do. Um, but uh, I actually. Oh yeah, Ghost Recon I'm, I'm Future Soldier. That. Can't wait for Ghost Recon Future Soldier. That's like my next huge one that I'm excited about. I think I have a beta invite for that, and I'm not using it, so I might send it to you if you oh, want. I, Derek just no, no, I have, fans. A, I have the beta uh, for uh, PlayStation. Oh, okay. It came with play, PlayStation. All PlayStation Plus members get it. So. Oh, okay. Actually, I think Drift sent me a a beta for Ghost Recon that I haven't even used it. Nice. Maybe I should do that. Wait, is this the new Ghost Recon? I did. God, I'm thinking back to E3 of last year where the Connect features, where you could like play with the gun. Is that the is is that Ghost Recon or the the new Ghost Recon? Don't think so. No. And there's the two <laughs> and the Tomb Raider reboot also is another thing that's going to be very cool that I'm looking forward to. I think the Game of Thrones RPG actually looks very well done. I don't know if you guys looked into that at all, but or if you watch Game of Thrones. No, not yet. Uh, I'm just getting into the Game of Thrones uh, series. Actually, I just I'm on episode four of the uh, first season, and oh uh, man, I'm absolutely loving it. And there's tons of people that are jealous of me, and now yeah, I know Jerry why. won't stop talking. I've been about hearing him. about the show for such a long time, and uh, you you are in for a wild ride, sir. I yeah, think. I'm loving it, man. Um, I'm actually happy that I have some to watch because, uh, man, there's nothing left on TV anymore these right. days. No, no, and I will not read the books specifically because I, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, and I won't read the books because it's the last good thing on television. Yeah, it's, it's and it's brilliant. It's left, the best thing on TV know? in a decade. Well, I mean, yeah. they they stay true to the books, but they also change a little stuff a little bit, and it's kind of interesting having read the books, like to compare. 
So. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, our buddy Jarrett's doing the same thing. So, Joel, you're going to have to catch up really quick because, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you're transversing the internet right now without <laughs> running into spoilers. <laughs> Any, anything. I, I've trained myself in spoilers very well, man. Uh, I have known since the day that I logged on the internet and heard that Dumbledore died the day I bought the Harry Potter book. Uh-huh. Uh, Dumbledore what? died? <laughs> what? Like the, day, oh. the day that book came out and uh, I went and got it and read on the internet. Ever since that day, I have now trained myself uh, to avoid spoilers by just anything that I'm into at the moment. As soon as I see the the words, like if I saw a word Game of Thrones on the internet, I immediately just a- avoid everything about it. I'm like halfway through. I don't read through. anything that says Game of Thrones. I don't do anything. I'm like halfway through the first Harry Potter book, man. You're such an asshole. I can't believe <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about these statute of limitations on spoilers. Kong fucking died, man. <laughs> Who's your favorite character, Joel? Is it Tyrion? That'd be my guess. Tyrion's oh, my favorite. Game of Thrones? Well, yeah. Hey, hey, who's, who, is he not everybody's favorite character? <laughs> I, I would right? think so. Well, I, it's either I think, him or uh, he, he steals the show, man. Like, he is the show. I love him. He's awesome. It only gets better. I can't really Oh, I just, thought you were talking about Harry it Potter. It only gets better. I'm not even going to spoil that. I haven't seen Harry Potter guy at all. Who are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, Tyrion's in fucking uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be <laughs> uh, Harry comes in. He's just boning whores on the desk, you know? He <laughs> says, I have to do schoolwork. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> Thing that really gets to be a Game of Thrones is all the incest. Holy shit! And just fucking their sisters left, right, and center. Yes. All right. Oh, I think uh, now is a good time to wrap this up. No, let's talk more about this. This actually goes into from the seven day cooldown, the Game of Thrones cooldown, where we just talk about Game of Thrones for another hour and a half. Of course, of course. So let's at least mention uh, our, our show, our show Sweet. to people if we can. Just like the website, I right. didn't mention the website, have we? Uh, yeah, I was I've about dro- to throw to you. Uh, times. Derek, where can we find and, you on the interwebs? net or stuckinthemiddleofsomewhere.com. Or Derek Awesome. Sweetie. Do you guys have some Twitters? Well. Oh, yeah. Or DerekSweet.com or SweetComedian on Twitter if you want to find me specifically. Yeah, mine is just uh, at Joel Gardner, G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And uh, I also got a website, but I'm pretty lazy. And it, uh, <laughs> I took it down a few months ago to redesign it. And I have yet to begin that redesigning. So maybe I should just throw it back up. But it is joelgardner.com. But don't bother going there right now as it is shut down. Just go to stuckinthemiddleofsomewhere.com or sitmos.net. And just follow me on Twitter because, yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of a lot of things here in the future. Thanks again for uh, joining us on the show. We really appreciate you. This interview has gone crazy long, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's it's gone to some crazy places too. So uh, thank you very much for <laughs> being on the show. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, next week we'll be having Christopher Walken on the hologram <laughs> yeah. version. Stab you in the face with a soldering iron. All right, thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thanks. Yeah. A thanks. Lot.
Hi, this is Derek Sweet with uh fuck that one. Do another one.